This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to the awful and awesome entertainment rap. Dear Miss Sen and Mr Sekri, have been following your podcast from the good old days when Miss Sen and Miss Pal used to host it together. I have to say, even despite his good views on all things entertainment, Mr Sekri comes across as a dick because of the way he acts sometimes. Please dial down on the douchebaggery levels. The answer to this week's question, which television character came out as gay to an actor who came out as gay himself 30 years before, is Stewie in Family Stewie, Guy. Stewie. Stewie in Family Guy, who came out as gay to Sir Ian McKellen. Regards, Pranay. Hello, hello. <laughs> this is <laughs> the awful and awesome entertainment rap episode 64. Abhinandan, are you dialing down the douchebaggery or I'm the dickishness? Abhinandan. <laughs> I'm Rajeshree Sen. And that email that we opened was from Pranay Nikam. What I loved about that mail is that he's right. Stevie Stewie Stewie is the he got the answer right but he was also right about the other thing. <laughs> that I come across as a bit of a dick. Come across now that you are a dick uh, only. I like come across it. It's a five line email it's so to the point. Yeah. Ki bhai aapne sawal ye puchta jawab ye hai aur aap chute ho aage badho. I'm matlab, very impressed. This is good writing. It's matlab, very good messaging. Not an extra syllable. Yeah. And no exaggeration or anything in the way he's described you also. Such is the beauty. Of, I of so I'm very impressed, Pranay Nikam. If you want to write some articles, also I think you should let It'll him write. It'll be so to the point. Yeah, you know, otherwise you have to edit an 800 article down to like 400. 400. Words. He'll write 400. He'll write 400 words. It is to the point. Very good. Congratulations. And what I want to just uh, commend you on, Pranay. is i'm assuming that you're far younger than us you are so perceptive that it has moved me greatly so on that note we will start today's podcast what do you have in store for us raj a beautiful song mm-hmm. dance dance number this i have chosen specially for you abhinandan okay. because i can guess it's ek do teen yeah the classic of our times which i'll i will not say anything about this right now cuz i'll save my rant for later yeah we also have another musician who was convicted for kabutarbazi is that what it's called that's what it's called in the you, punjab in the punjab the leer mehndi we have uh, but why is it that. called kabutarbazi i guess because the people who you are taking illegally are called kabutars that you are okay. like transporting them kabutar ur gaya oh like that ja, okay. kabutar ja so daler mehndi is finally it's not daler it's daler okay in the britain it's daler okay. then we have a really nice trailer actually the omerta trailer then there's uh, stand up comedy by kunal kamra yeah. his latest act called fresh thoughts then we have two excellent uh, shows from netflix one is ricky jobes's humanity and the other is wild wild country which is this documentary is there anything else so can uh, we just start and snapchat there's a little bit of we'll have that band yeah. so let's get straight to daler mehndi daler mehndi um i think about 8 years ago if i'm not wrong mm-hmm. uh, was was accused of illegally taking people as part of bhangra troop over there to the I think it's a very good idea to like the concept is good it's a model that's been happening for a while oh, he didn't, a, he didn't it, invent he it he didn't invent it <laughs> i gave him credit where he i did not need to and uh, he was convicted recently he's appealed he's got bail he got bail instantly yeah, yeah. but he uh, it's a two year prison term that yeah. he's been handed out so apparently um when he was given the sentence from the mm. court here's what he said <laughs> But then the cop said, "Let's go to the lockup and." 
This is Abhinandan's <laughs> contribution to this. I'm so, it's a very good. I'm so creative today. You might be a dick and a douchebag, but you're creative. So <laughs> that see like, the, balances it out slowly. See the beauty. Yeah. Huh. Pranay, please notice. <laughs> if nothing else. But after this great musical interlude that we've had, there's Ek Do Teen. Okay. First, why don't you tell me what you thought of it? So first of all, I'll give the background of this song uh, because it's going to be in that very fabulous film because the first one was so good. I can only imagine the second one will be fabulous. Baghi 2. Baghi 1 had Tiger Shroff in it. Baghi 2 also has Tiger Shroff no, in no, it. No, no, I thought Baghi 1 had uh, Salman no, Khan. No, that's Baghi. Then there is Baghi 1, which is Ooh, Tiger Shroff. So there's Salman. This is not nothing no, to do no, Salman no, Khan no. Baghi. Oh, this is, but that Baghi 1 was sort of based on, obviously they'd taken the name from oh, okay. this. So Tiger Shroff has another film, good for him. And uh, in this film, there is Ek Do Teen, because why should you not take a song which uh, Madhuri Dixit became famous dancing too and have Jacqueline Fernandez uh, Sinhalese import and uh, the song also has someone for one second did you notice? Or you must have been so aghast. No, I didn't. Who Pratik Babbar is in a surprise appearance in the song for one second. I really feel okay. bad for the poor boys. When you have surprise appearance, it should be someone big. Like, you know, Brad Pitt made a surprise appearance in Friends <laughs> or something. You know, Pratik Babbar made a surprise. Pratik, like, that's why you didn't notice. Even Jacqueline Fernandez it, it, may not have noticed. It's like me saying America's made a surprise appearance in Monsoon Wedding as a side yeah. at the back. So it's, no one gives a shit. Your appearance is longer than uh, this thing. So what did you think of the... The song is the same. They've just done like a remix version of it. And uh, what did you think of her dancing? Well, first, let me tell you the context, <laughs> the background. In 1988, when I was, I think, in class 8 hmm. or class 9, there was a film directed by N. Chandra called Tezab, yes. which launched Anil Kapoor and Madhuri Dikshit into a star space, which then carried on with Ram Lakhan hmm. and Parinda. Parinda. And Parinda didn't do that well, but they, they did a series. And there was, hmm. you know, uh, Tridev came out. They didn't have Anil Kapoor, they said Madhuri Dikshit. Huh. But... For my generation, when we were just kind of hitting puberty, hmm. that Ek Do Teen song was the most amazing thing we had ever seen. And even as an adult now, hmm. when I see it aesthetically, I think Madhuri Dikshit is probably the best dancer. She's very graceful. Yeah, she that is, is the finest dancer. I think the only one who could maybe compare to her would be Vejanti Malabali because she was a classically trained dancer and she had the body of a dancer. But she was this also very one graceful. has more oomph. I always felt Madhuri Dikshit had just sexiness about her, which did not look cheap ever. Yeah, exactly. That's the main she thing. She could carry off the cheapest, like that song All also. Humko aaj kal hai intizar. You have seen <laughs> <laughs> She's like so we'll caught in have this a video net. of this also. Even in dil, that dil, that, that dharak, beta, dhak, dhak that, kar yeah, dhak. like it's when you think of the step, it's really only crude. she could carry off such a crude step with such grace. Now I don't blame uh, young. What's the lady's Jacqueline. name? Jacqueline. Jacqueline for it because a she's Sinhali, so her Indian film knowledge may not be that great. So whoever was making the who's making this film? Uh, Ahmed Khan. Ahmed Khan. Ahmed Khan is a choreographer also. So, A, being a choreographer, knowing what Ek Do Teen was, 
knowing what it did to an entire generation knowing you're up against the finest dancer indian cinema has ever produced why the fuck would you screw with a young lady's career by trying to make her out to i mean but she's so also stupidly done. she's not one uh, newbie in bollywood newbie nee but yeah listen as an actor you kind of trust the director yeah that's that's standard you you know i mean you've you guess the director knows what he or she is doing if the director decides to do such chutia so she is a judge on that one of the dance reality shows what i just felt was that it's it's almost like acrobatics what she's doing like there's no grace to her dancing which is the other thing because you will be compared to this one's gracefulness madhuri is mm-hmm. and uh it's just also she's very i don't know maybe because i am not thin i notice this when she puts her arms up or when she doesn't move you can count her ribs that's it's fine that, <gasps> i don't think she's very thin i think she's got a fit body i think she's fit no so i've never noticed ribs. her ribs no, that's muscle now. there's 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 muscle outside the ribs which look like ribs those are not ribs okay but i just felt it was very like there was no grace to it and it's there's nothing to it you're doing the same step so sorry to say i hope this film sinks like a stone but i'll give the storyline M- marina's trench or whatever it's called cuz don't fuck with tezab <gasps> tezab was what launched munna and mohini into a different stratosphere it is the only role for which chunky pande the side from hell the sideoid glenoid cavity bacteria who has never been known for any role except baban and anupam kher and and mandakini was and in this Lo- i did not Lo- know lotia pathan yeah mandakini when she tells munna psychology psychology ke notes mujhe psychology padhaoge na ha kyun nahi main to psychology padhaunga kya lag rahi hai yaar okay abhinandan is as hairy as anil kapoor also right now but i have to give the storyline they have this on the baghi website baghi has a storyline baghi 2 has a storyline nice what is it a battle hardened army Russia. officer squares oh. off against drug lords and russian henchmen hmm. to save his ex lovers kidnapped daughter in the underbelly of goa india nice. it's too good too good like we are definitely going to go watch it because or at least abhinandan will because i'll buy him a ticket you know and any of you who go watch baghi and don't subscribe to news laundry <laughs> and give us uh, some money may your maybe may there be like fresh chewing gum on your seat when you sit <laughs> and may it stick on your most expensive trouser or dress or whatever you're wearing so, so please subscribe cheaper, yeah. yes subscribe to us support it's a good us cause as opposed to baghi 2 yeah. being it's a better cause let's not call it let's not call it okay, good. good it's a, better, it's a better, better cause let's put it like that so that's ek to din for y'all from baghi 2 to omerta right which hansal mehta has uh, directed and uh, it's a film on ahmed omar omar said sheik he is the guy who did the daniel pearl kidnapping he did the bombing uh, there were other kidnappings in 1994 westerners in india as well and he did another bombing as well so it's a biography and it stars rajkumar rao it looks at least the trailer looks excellent yeah. and hansal mehta's films aligarh was his film uh, till now have been very good is raste pe khatron ka samna karne ke liye tumhe apne jazbaat ko kaboo mein rakhna hoga training ka theek istemal karke hamare jihad ko apni manzil tak le jana hai inshallah hamare shaheed bhaiyon ki qurbani zaya nahi hone dunga ek ek khoon ke qatre ka hisab dena hoga hindustan ko 
So um I've had the good fortune of interviewing Hansel Mehta at the India mm. conference at Harvard last month. Um I really like the guy. I think he's an amazing guy. Just to let you know he used to be the director of Khana Khazana the food show <gasps> for 7 years and yeah. then he moved on to cinema. So other than um Aligarh which was I think the best film that year it's a pity it was not sent for the Oscars it's a pity it did not win the best film at the film fair awards it I mean I think it is f- by far one of the finest films made in India yeah. uh, on a subject that is extremely sensitive and it was banned in Aligarh did you know yeah. that Aligarh the uh, didn't release So that was great. Shahid was an amazing film face as well. Shahid was excellent. So he's done some great stuff. He's also done Simran, which I didn't like. Huh. Um and I asked him about that. Um and he had said that when you do a film with a star, hmm it kind of gets taken over by the star. And that is standard. At least he's honest about it. Yeah. He's not like other directors in anime. So the star kind of So I I thought Simran was a very dissatisfying film it was kind of Also it reminded me of Queen a little I found her character yeah. Yeah, similar could, although it was based on a uh, true yeah. story and then he's uh, he's done a lot of stuff with Rajkumar Rao even yeah. uh, both he's done with Rajkumar Rao it's a web series So it's uh, looking very good the trailer I have to say Rajkumar Rao I find excellent I just find him one of the best actors around right, right now and he is also acted in that film Trapped Mm. Have you seen Trapped? No, but I heard it's amazing. It's yeah, just in yeah. one room so and he has to carry the whole film basically. The entire film it's just him. Yeah. And it is so brilliantly acted, also made, of course the direction and all. But I think this shows great promise. The one thing I have to mention is that this is a biography. Until now whatever biography has happened in India, they always pander to the person's character like there's nothing bad about that person's character or they are very good looking when they weren't good looking whether you take padman or whatever and they'll add one angle one romance will be thrown in this because it's a terrorist who has no say in the matter i think will actually be true to life well we don't know that let's see let's see what what i mean from a trailer it's hard to say but um i forgot to mention one important mm-hmm. detail about when i was on with tezab mm-hmm. in my generation Uh, the my third generation. time I went to watch Tezab, <laughs> I had broken bounds. I had kind of uh, jumped the wall behind a you hostel. You didn't pay for the ticket in school. No, no, you had okay. To, uh, you had to leave, huh? You had so, hmm. but I had to make it back for the special assembly. There was an hmm. assembly which, and you, if you didn't make it there, yeah. you'd be found out. So I remember me and a friend of mine, hmm. uh, both of us had gone, and when coming back, we didn't want to get into shit. It, it's it's operative what I'm saying right hmm. now, Supi. We said, "Dude, we better be back for the uh, special assembly." So um, we watched the, I think, three to six show. There was huh. special assembly in the evening, and uh, we scaled the wall so that we don't get into shit. And we landed inside in the shit. drain okay. that was leaving the hostel, <laughs> and pachak, I landed in it. And I did not flinch because for Madhuri Dikshit, I could you walk through shit. Through, yeah. I could have swum through it. I could have done underwater in Tatti also. And all you boys, shit, God knows, God, it must have been smelly. Ha, God, shit, to na pakor baangi. No, they smell a little better. <laughs> Chanel number five. मतलब हर चीज़ में gender choose दो. इसका gender से क्या लेना देना? Maybe I don't know. Maybe there was shit of some of our staff also. How do I know? That will be less, na? I'm just saying. Nonsense. No. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on to now. This is where I feel we are too politically correct, because Danny Boyle has been chosen as the director of the new James Bond film. Now this is after there was 
it's not like they just choose one person. It's they almost do like a secret ballot, I think, and they choose him. So Danny Boyle has said that it's going to be inspired by the Times Up campaign. Which to me poses a slight problem for James Bond because he specializes in whacking his secretaries. At, only person he doesn't have a scene with is Money Penny. He had. A, but he doesn't have a scene with her, but he. No, he no, talks M, to M. Oh, M. I'm thinking of M. Yeah, because M was earlier a man. Man. No? So just after. Jude, and then Judy Dench. Judy Dench made You're, M. Even, and, and for him, there was this maternal instinct yeah, which was yeah. there in one of the. And Judy Dench, you're not going to just hitting on but uh, I just find it bizarre I, think, uh, I mean you would except that their relationship was father uh, mother, mother, mother and this, this thing, thing yeah. in that other film about that the great hotel whatever I thought Judy Dench was extremely charming as, as a teacher who which great um, hotel in that film the best exotic marigold hotel yeah, yeah, which, yeah. which has um, the star of uh, Slumdog Millionaire Hmm. Dev Patel that one but Danny Boyle's got nothing to do with it no that is nothing yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. saying Judy Dench was uh-huh, extremely she was charming lovely she's, in the she's so this is going to be uh, based like uh, the Me Too campaign and Time's Up is going to play a key role in the scripting of this film. So someone there's uh, this woman, Barbara Ellen, she's an observer columnist. She's written this and I do agree. She said, I'm looking forward to the seduction scene where Bond and his uh, paramour discuss the issue of consent, sign forms, state clearly which sexual activities are permissible, and then discard the matching hipster dungarees to make wild, passionate, but mutually respectful love to each other. Because it really kills James Bond is a womanizer, primarily. He also solves crime and many other things on the side, I feel. But, I mean, I'd, of course, she's taking the piss and she's being yeah, ironic, yeah. but... I do think there is space for improving James Bond to kind of be more appropriate for 2018 because um, the way he would treat, for example, Money Penny, hmm. it was, I mean, that was a part of his personality, but that doesn't have to remain a part of his personality because it is inappropriate in, a, in an office environment, in a workplace, <laughs> to be talking to you know, your secretary. James Bond. No, I don't yeah. think it's killing James Bond at all. I think James Bond can be very charming and yet, you know, have some basic level of decency, which... You know, at that time, seemed normal. Now it doesn't. Just, I mean, just for example, you know, at, at at one point, it was normal for Dharmendra to slap Mala Sinha, and in the next scene, she'd cry and say, "Aapki nazaron samjha pyar ke layak mujhe." Ki bhai, main, Why Raja Hindustani uh, so, Amir yeah, so, Khan so slapped her, and then she says she loves him. No, you can still say you love him, but the point is that that is normal. So it's not normal, and in today is definitely not normal. So I think there's definitely scope for James Bond to choke up in life. So Daniel Craig is still playing James Bond. He keeps saying every year that I'm going to or retire. Film nahi, pata nahi, aur karega kya wo. Don't be like that. Tell me, name good... me one other film of his that has come ever since he became born. He doesn't need to know. Ah, He's so a billionaire from just... So anyway, I'm looking forward to seeing what this script is going to be But Danny about. Boyle, I think, is a great choice for director. I think he's a fantastic director, just to tell you some of the stuff that he's made. Of course, he made his most famous uh, film being Slumdog Millionaire, which put... Anil Kapoor on the Oscar stage hmm. and hmm. who was making the speech as if he had made the film <laughs> and he was the most excited like A.R. Rahman was a sidey um, A.R. Rahman got an Oscar Gulzar got an Oscar um, other than that he made Steve Jobs which was a little underwhelming then he made Train Spotting 2 which was I think a really good job he made Sunshine this film which I saw when was it 2007 it is a stunning film about these astronauts who are given the responsibility of saving the sun. 
and you know wow. all that happens like you're up so close and basically the mind games that start happening delusion and all right. but it was so stunningly shot because no, his even films if, are and even if you think about train spotting which was back in 1996 mm-hmm. i mean we are in 2018 i mean think about when he made yeah. that film so he's obviously an amazing director so i don't think there could have been a better choice for a director to reinvent james bond so if there's anyone who can do a good job of it i think it's him he's got a vote what are you saying okay online there's been did you happen to watch ricky jovese's uh show it's a one hour show i know it was prescribed i just didn't have the time cuz i also did watch kunal kamra's show yeah. but i will try to watch it but you watch it rashi yeah, what so do you think so humanity it's called humanity i'm a big ricky jovis fan i think he's extremely funny i think he's very bright and he takes the mickey out of everyone especially on twitter hello how you doing calm down talk shut the fuck up <laughs> What a lovely welcome just for that I'm going to try my hardest tonight. I know you're thinking you're thinking Rick relax we've already had our money's worth just seeing you. <laughs> What? You're a legend. Shut up. Why is it? I'm just an ordinary guy going around talking to people. Sort of like Jesus. But better. Well, I've actually turned up. So Welcome to my new show Humanity. I don't know why I called it that. I'm not a big fan. and uh this is his first show after 7 years he used to be in the office for people who don't know for the longest time he was in the office not so. our office he no. used to be in a show called the office <laughs> called the, the office original the brit version of yeah. the office so ricky jovis did his entire show i highly recommend everyone watches it because he really does not uh, stop short of saying anything and everything that comes to his mind but says it in not just to get a rise out of people there's a point being made and he talks about uh, something which i agree that he said you know these journalists and all who keep walking around and saying let's ask the like when you put on news channels nowadays he said this is why i don't watch news because i'm watching cnn same and then they're saying now we have four people from the street they are the average person we are going to ask them for half an hour what they think about this issue and he said do you know how fucking stupid the average person is i don't want to know the view Give me your view or give me an expert's view. Tell me the news. Don't tell me what the average person knows. And then he was talking about peanut allergies. This is all part how, of his show. This is all part of his show. So he addresses food allergies. He addresses this thing about how everyone, someone will say, my child, my child has a peanut allergy. You cracked a joke about peanut allergies. If she watched your show, how would she feel? So he said, do... by this logic i can't crack a joke about everything and you'd like it because he explains what a joke is he said just because i'm cracking a joke which has a black person in it i'm not cracking it's a joke a about yeah I mean, it's the context a joke, and yeah. sometimes the joke is it it shows up something for for yeah. what it is racism so he huh? explains it very clearly but he does it in a non boring manner and he has this excellent he has this ex- excellent bit about atheism so he is an atheist and he said i frankly don't care if you believe in god or not but if you keep coming and telling me that you believe in god then i will do things to rile you up right and so on twitter if you follow him he has a lot of arguments with people on twitter and he does like needling like he just yeah so i really like him um i think he's an amazing performer he's one of the mm. most gifted actors of his generation yeah 
um, as a comic, he's great. I do think he spends way too much time on Twitter. I don't think that's good so for the brain. So he laughs about that. He said that, you know what, I look at the tweet and then I think I should just let it be. And then I say, fuck it, let's just drive back. And he said, and then it snowballs. And then I'm sucked into it. And I'm still, but then he says, but you guys have to realize I'm really rich. So I'm sitting in my sunken bathtub in Hampstead. And I'm like, what do I do with my day? Let's tweet a little bit. So he said, when you all become as rich as me, you can spend as much time as I do on social well, he, media. He's still young right now, but I think as no, he grows older... No, no, he's older, 62. He's not 60. Yeah, he... He is 62. Do you 62? know how old Ellen DeGeneres is? 70? But she looks... No, she's it. 60. But she looks 70. 70. But she looks 70. But she looks I didn't know he was 62. He's 62. He keeps I think saying he is wrong. it. No, no, no. He keeps... Same I have here. to check this. He was born in 1961. He's 56. 62. 56. He says 61 yeah. throughout the 62. Anyway, but he's... he's I've just checked is his... still old. Yes, I know. But he's not 62. We have to be responsible when we <laughs> get facts here. But he says on the show, you watch the okay, show. Okay, then he's see. lying. Okay? Because he's exaggerating yeah, then. His, his, he's 56 and 56 is not old at all. Okay. And um, I'm 56. So, I would also say this. But... but um, yeah, so... Um, I would just, before we move on, like mm-hmm. to recommend a film of his called Ghost Town. It's actually one of my all-time favorite oh, films. I haven't seen it. It's a 2008 film mm-hmm. where he's a dentist. Okay. And uh, it is starring a lady called Tia Leone. So Ghost Town is an ex- excellent film where he plays a dentist and um, who who sees dead people. Oh, So it's basically like. if um, The Sixth Sense was a comedy hmm. and instead of The Child, there was him. Yeah. And instead of Bruce Willis, there's this other dude. Okay. So that, and he says one thing. So you know that, you know, Caitlyn Jenner, who is Bruce Jenner. Who was a guy. Who was Bruce Jenner. So he talks about this because he got a lot of flack because at the Oscars, he had said, you know, there are are going to be a lot of changes, something like that, but not as much as Bruce Jenner Hmm. has changed. And he said, everyone jumped on me and said, how can you make fun of her? And she is not Bruce Jenner. She's Caitlyn Jenner. So he had two points to make, which I do. He had more than two points, but these two I agree with. He said, first of all, he is also, she is also Bruce Jenner because for 50 years or so of her life, she was Bruce Jenner and she won the Olympics. So what, yeah. that never happened. Let's just say that that never happened. And he said, frankly, Caitlyn Jenner has more things to worry about than what I say. Like, not running over people and killing them. She's been, like, she's there, Salman Khan. So he said, all you people who are, like, running to her defense always, first, please just get her off the roads and out of a car. This is a criminal who is walking around, who's taking offense at everything anyone says because now she is transgender. So this is her little, like, bugbear that she has. And he's just so clear about the way. And it's true. Nobody talks about he makes Caitlyn very, Jenner's he, he, he makes very good drunk arguments. driving. So watch it. It's a, I think it's one and a half hours, actually. It's a long uh, show, but it's worth it totally. All right. Now, coming from that to uh, Indian stand-up act, Kunal Kamra, Fresh thoughts. Fresh thoughts. Kunal Kamra, for those of you who don't know the name, may know the face because this video of his went viral of um, border pe. Hamare jawan jawan khade hai. So anything happens, I'm standing in line. So why are you there? So I think, this is the first time I watched him. Yeah, I thought me too. he is uh, 
definitely the finest political stand-up comic in the country. It's it's the best political stand-up comic and his comedy I've seen. Delivery is so good, outstanding, and he makes jokes that so many people would be reluctant to make. Mukesh Ambani, that's Ambani a Modi ka to wo matlab Haan. what he just it's just. Beautiful, and, and he and does it in a subtle way. That's what I like. Not the Mukesh Ambani towards hmm. the Modi jokes are all like it's a comment on Modi, but he's talking about something else, and he'll throw Modi into the uh, this thing, the conversation. It's very nicely done. And, and he's twenty nine years old. It's it's so good to see that you know uh, young stand up comics are so politically aware and so politically astute. They yeah. see stuff. They they. Are such awesome. Uh, their their grasp of political positioning, posturing, is so keen. Well, not they. He another one being Khamba. Hmm. Uh, I think Khamba. That that is uh, her her Simran Khamba. What's Khamba's Good first Simran, name? Good Simran yeah. Khamba. He hasn't performed in ages. He was the co-founder of AIB. I had watched him perform when he was twenty four, twenty five, about hmm. eight, ten years ago. He was also amazing. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, Kunal Kamra was outstanding, and I highly—if he's coming to your town or your city—yeah, you have to go for this show. It's amazing. He's excellent. I—I I was also, I must say, I was very impressed by the turnout. But to see someone take that plunge also to do stand-up comedy, which I don't think will really pull in the big bucks beyond a certain extent. That I found impressive, but on a Monday night to have a full house the way he had, it was chock a block. And right. I find it impressive that someone does a career change and chooses something which isn't going to be pulling in massive bucks. Cheap. But it's very funny, and uh, he's just excellent. Hmm. Now to a man who was as far away from comedy as possible, Rajneesh Osho. So Netflix has a new Netflix original documentary out. It's a six-part documentary called Wild Wild Country. It's about the time Osho basically. It's about the setting up of the ashram in Pune, and then how Osho went to Oregon and set up this twenty-five thousand acre. That was the size of the uh, farm they set up there, and uh, how that was set up. And how the uh, because of the laws in America, if you can get a certain amount of people to vote, more than 150 people, you can set up your own town. So they named that place Rajneeshpuram. It was legally called Rajneeshpuram, and uh, but more than Osho, the focus is on the women who played like pivotal roles in the Osho Ashram. One of whom is this woman called uh, Ma Sheila. Anand Sheila Anand, her name is. The other is this woman. She's an Australian woman called Jane Stork, who was called Ma Shanti B. And there's Swami Prem Nirain is there. He's the guy who was his lawyer, who was uh, born Philip something. He is. He's. They are all other than that Sheila Anand. They are uh, all foreigners, and all these people are in their sixties now. So they look like a sweet like. My mother or something, but when she's talking about how she set up this ashram at the age of twenty-five, that she was sent to Oregon to find. Basically, they had to leave Pune because of the Indira Gandhi government was clamping down on, especially the amount of foreign funds that were coming into the ashram. So they go and they buy up these like stretches of land and so on. But how they did that and how they also pretty much tormented that. Little town. Basically, of an Indian godman goes transplants his entire township in a small town in America, 
and the kind of conflict that plays out and from so there. the thing that they played up was also this it's a very christian town that they go to so this fear of the other that is there why are they wearing orange robes why are they walking around there's free sex happening so they interview all the people they interview are people who were twen- in their 20s at that time and uh, it's an extremely well put together documentary especially when you hear the three women and their accounts of what happened so one of them the main one who's his secretary is now in switzerland because she can't be extradited anymore they've and all also got probably to she has all the money in swiss bank account yeah so she keeps <laughs> claiming so he said that she took 55 million who said Rajneesh had said that she took 55 million so she said no he spent it on his so he had uh, 90 rolls royces hmm. he had a diamond encrusted like he had this whole bunch of watches which were he had a very la- uh, lush lifestyle and uh, i think it also shows you know you're this guru ji who everyone's looking up to and just because he thought he'll get arrested which he did get arrested also one fine day without telling any of his followers two leojets flew in to the ashram and he left and he left with his watches and some money and something and some 20 followers and of course then gets he couldn't fly out of america but i i recommended one because you realize what people the kind of faith people have and the need to be loved and accepted that you will listen to this man who in the last four years stopped talking he st- this shanti was doing everything and also this american fear of the other everybody felt they were there at the beginning of the great experiment like we were the chosen people <laughs> I'm here in one of the largest ranches in the Northwest. Today, it's Rajneesh Puram because a prominent Indian guru and his followers bought it. Our vision was to create a community based on compassion and sharing. There is talk of vigilantes who may seek revenge on the Rajneeshis. A bomb went off in the middle of the community. More than 60 followers evacuated. It was a catastrophe. We call upon the governor to disarm this cult's army now. So the town basically started arming themselves which is when Osho's ashram started but where the town had 40 people Osho's ashram got enough guns which were like they had more guns than the entire state's police department well the comment also on on the US gun laws but i think while um, i'm sure there are there are pockets of the US which uh, the fear of the other is there hmm. but i don't think there's any country in the world where you can so easily call home no matter from where you go i mean can you imagine like 2500 um, white you know men women or african american men when women or japanese coming and in sohnao rohtak taking yeah. up 2500 acres i mean not only would the gamwalas burn all of them the government would come and say ye pata nahi pakistan jao whatever so which is pretty much what was going to happen to the puna ashram so when they show the footage of the puna ashram it's just white people you don't see there must be like 10 it, that sheila was the pretty much the sole indian mm. person they were just white people people were just flocking from all over even outside. now pune the pune yeah. ashram when you just go around pune all the people from the ashram you know there are a yeah. lot of white people but, but that you went and set up a town yeah that's that's amazing in america contested elections but what a compelling documentary film so in fact i must watch uh, i just watched a bit of the first episode i'll i'll try to watch all of it this week and it's week. very beautifully shot and um what do you think of osho 
So I've never been fascinated with uh, Osho. I have heard his, uh, they aren't speeches really, right? They call something else where it is. Uh, I've heard his talks and I've read, I think one of his books I'd read, one of those. I don't understand seeing God in a human being. So that I have a problem with in itself. And I did feel he was a little doped up, which he most probably was a little probably doped was. out. I have not seen the fascination that people have seen in him because I know a lot of yeah, people Yeah, so I don't know about fascination because yeah, even I don't think he's God or anything, but I, I definitely think he's an amazingly bright man. Um, he's way more intelligent than most people you would meet. Uh, mm. For the kind of things he'd say, the kind of quick commentary he'd do, you know, when you hear his talks, he was extremely intelligent, which is not what I see when I see a Gurmeet Ram Rahim insan. Nityanand. Or that Nityanand, or that other dude also, in, uh, not in Haryana only, you know, whose followers had kind of yeah, blocked yeah. off. I mean, th- those guys look like hardcore criminals who kind of, they have nothing to say that's of consequence. So, so he Osho was a student had, of philosophy, like a graduate. Yeah, he had done mm-hmm. post-grad. So he was highly read, highly educated. Mm. And so when he'd speak, you knew that he he's a really well-read guy who yeah. came up with original thought. So I, I definitely think that set him apart from other godmen. That when you heard him, if you weren't even looking at him as a god, like I'm not saying whether you saw fascination of God in him. I didn't mm. see God in him. But when you hear him talk, you knew that you listened to a really smart guy. Yeah, so that comes through even in the documentary when you see it. He's very, very canny. Also, you require a certain intelligence to put together a team of people who are going to run the show for you, who are extremely competent people. So that all comes, he's a very good businessman, he is very well educated, and he definitely knew how to get people, how to build a cult. It and a cult of people who were not uh, and he was uneducated. Cap- and he was capable of original thought. That's what I'm yeah. saying is, of course, I mean, that even Gurmeet Ram Rahim Singh does. No, know. but that's what but I'm saying. His followers his, weren't idiots. Yeah, but his ability to communicate original thought was set him apart from others, I do think. Hmm. So anyway, watch the... It is a brilliant, brilliant documentary. They've done such a good job of it. And to find these women and interview them, one is in, in an undisclosed part of Germany because she's served 10 years in prison and now gone. She had attempted murder. She, she jabbed... Uh, Basically, Osho was going to do the same Jonestown thing, which was he had decided that they'll all die. A mass suicide. Yeah. And then he decided, okay, mass suicide is too much. Maybe I should. Like, I will kill myself and then I'll get resurrected. So he'd gone a bit loopy towards then. And this doctor was going to do this. So this uh, Sheila, who is his secretary, plotted this assassination of the doctor. And the other woman who's there, stalk, Shanti B, her name is, she tried to kill him by jabbing him with a syringe. Then she went to jail. So it's that these women also describing what they did. Like, it's so illegal. They spread salmonella in that town. Like, they threw it on every bit of water and salad they could find. And 750 people were taken ill. Wow. So it's just, it's amazing to see what people are capable of doing. So watch it. It's on right now. And finally, what are we ending with? Snapchat. So what, the Snapchat had an ad, a commercial. Yeah. The reference point being? Being, because why should that reference point not be there? Rehana got, when the year that she won, one of the years when she'd won a Grammy, 
that evening, Chris Brown, her boyfriend, had beaten her to the point where when you see those police pictures of her, she's unrecognizable. Her face is that swollen. It was, to put it mildly, a very serious act of violence. But Snapchat thought, what better way to publicize our company? So they did this thing where they said, would you rather hit Rihanna or would you rather slap Rihanna or hit Chris Brown? This was the choice that they gave. And Rihanna basically tweeted and she put it on Instagram to her 60 lakh Instagram followers that she said, this is what Snapchat has done and I'm I'm just shocked by it. The company shares plunged to by 600 million that in just a, total market a few cap. hours. Yeah. Yeah. So then- and they lost around 1 billion by the next day. Yeah, so and, and the net worth of the CEO, even Spiegel, <laughs> went down by 150 million. So I'm very pleased that this happened and I hope they lose even more money. But I can't understand who is in this marketing team which said, let's also to recap this, it's not like a recent incident. You've taken some... And that too in the US where one would tend to be more politically correct. I mean, in India, you can imagine someone, you know, saying, let's yeah, go yeah. this out. And she's an extremely popular singer. It's not even that you've taken some singer who people Maybe what they may have thought is that Snapchat is by and large the demographic that it targets is teens. It's not for... Okay. So they may have thought that, you know, when you're that young, you you laugh at a politically incorrect joke. But clearly the youth of today are more politically yeah. correct than, than the adults are. So I I do tend to see humor in most things, but this even I, like it's not even funny. Like, what is the choice you've given us between hitting her or hitting him? So, but good for Rihanna, and I really think Snapchat should do something about that marketing team. It sucks. Is that all we have for our view- listeners today, Rita Chisen? Yes. And you have the answer to last week's question, which and has already been given. Um, but you'll be impressed that only four people got it right. I thought only two got it right. No, no, two more people okay. wrote. So only four and... The four uh, being? The four being Bhavna Sultana, Pranjal, Hariharan, who yes. always gets it correct, and Pranay, my favorite person. Forever and ever, I've got it correct. So we have another question, which I'm hoping people will not be able to Google instantly and get the answer of. Since we started with Madhuri Dixit, is it Dixit or is it Dixit? It's Dixit. Dixit. It's a duh, not a duh. So do you find her looking better now than she did in her heyday? Of course not, how silly. But she looks very nice now. No, sure, I'm asking she, can still she look does nice, look But she, I mean, what, what you'd look like in your 20s, you can't be looking like that in your 50s. It's just not possible. I mean, no matter who like, you are. Like, I find Hema Malini better looking now than when she was young. Then maybe she get her eyes tested. No, she was very curly looking. Okay, so the question is, Amul had made two billboards on Madhuri Dixit. What were the two situations and what were the catchphrases? So you have to get all the details. Who are the correct. characters in the billboards and what are the catchphrases? Yeah. The two situations, maybe they were side, but they are very clear situations. They were ref- like incidents which had happened in time. And what were the catchphrases that were used? So do get back with the answers. Come back with all your feedback to contact at News Laundry. In the subject line, please put awful and awesome so it doesn't get confused with mails for other podcasts. Yes. Uh, leave your feedback crisp and succinct. Yeah, like Pranay. Learn from Pranay. Pranay. Be Pranay. You can you can <laughs> leave your abuse on my Twitter timeline. Yes. And to subscribe, we would like to travel with this podcast. Go to Bombay, get you interviews with stars like only Rajshree can. 
and I want to interview Dalian Mendy for one. Okay, we can we can organize that. Just do some shoplifting, and we'll yeah. have you in the same cell. And then we'll be like, "Oh, he's in love with Dalian." I can give him some pearls for his turban. I love it. Hmm. And uh, so, please do subscribe, spread the word, and join us again next week for another episode of Awful and Awesome. Yes, thank you, Mr. Sekri. Thank you, Ms. Sen. And it's a wrap. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hold up. 